thank you for listening to the weekly message at First Baptist Church in Bushland, Texas. Hey, in your bulletin, we are going to jump into a brand new series, and we're going to run this series all the way up to about Turkey Day, and um, it's called Put On, Put Off, okay? And Paul in Ephesians 4 and 5, this is where we're going to kind of camp, and I'm just going to kind of set it up today. I'm not going to go in the real depth today into the put-off, put-off series, but, but I want you to understand something. I hope you come every single Sunday. We're trying to tag that Give Me 12 with this series. This will be about a 12, 11, 12-week series. Folks, I'm telling you right now, there is something about being born again that you are a new creation. You are new. You're, the old is gone, the new has come, and we'll look at that in a little bit. But because the new has come, there should be some stuff that we take off and there's some stuff we need to put on. Because when we walk out there in that mission field, we better reflect Jesus. And you won't do that walking in your old clothes. It's, it, we got to get into new stuff, okay? And we're going to look at some stuff that might be on us that shouldn't be on us. And we might be, we're going to look at some stuff that should be you know, that, that should be on us that's not there, and we're going to put it on. Does that make sense to you a little bit? we we got to take off some stuff that we're carrying that's on us that shouldn't be there, okay? And we're going to put on some stuff that the Word of God says should be on us, but it's not on us. And we're going to walk out of here looking different each week. Now, you say, well, can you list which ones we're going to put on and put off each week? No, because here's the deal. If I list it, I trust you. And I love you, but I'm gonna, I know this. If, if I tell Brad I got his favorite chips in the pantry, I won't get any. So I hide them, and I can get them all. All right. So if I list it, you're going to look and go, hmm, I, I know I got that on me, and I don't want to take it off. So I'm going to skip it, because if I don't hear it, I'm not held responsible for it. And so y'all going to go to Bedside Baptist First Mattress, and, and I, can't, I can't let you do that, Okay. We got to get you up. We got to get you up and get you here. So if I list them, you're going to proof text and go, hmm, October the 17th. Uh, well, I feel like I'm going to have a cold that day because I don't want to put on patience. Ugh. But I'm not going to tell you. So you're going to come, and I don't want you guys walking out of here when you get the bulletin and go, we're going, honey. I got a stomach virus. This is cramping. No, you, you pull him back in there, okay? Don't let him go get in the car. All right, so I'm not going to list them. You're just going to come each week, and we're going to put on and put off, and you're going to know what's coming, okay? All right? Y'all good? Y'all like, he's setting us up, isn't he? I am. I'm setting you up. But remember, when I set you up, I really love you, okay? Remember that, okay? Hey, go to Ephesians. Go to Ephesians chapter 4. Now, understand, you're going to have to stay with me today because I'm normally not real choppy. I start and we row. But I'm going to chop a little bit today, okay? Just because you, I, I've got to set this up good, and we're going to look at some scriptures. I've got a lot of scriptures, so lick your fingers and get ready, okay? All right, so Ephesians 4, begin with verse 1 with me. Verse 1, as a prisoner for the Lord... Then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Verse 3. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. And watch this. This is good stuff right here. 
There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called the one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Mm. If we stopped right there, mm, it, it, that don't fire you up your woods wet. Okay, that's good right there. That's good. You can write out there. That's good. That is good. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to go down to, uh, let's look at 12. Pick up in 12. What he does between 6 and 12 is he's setting up his gifts that he's given the church. Okay, uh, and then look at verse 12. To prepare God's people for the works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature. Now, if you got your Bible, and I know that you are mature in age, but I'm not sure that we all... Don't, don't grade somebody's maturity based on their age, especially in church. Mm, that's not good. Okay, I've done that and been really shocked. Okay, So I want you to circle become mature because that is spiritual maturity. Spiritual maturity. This is not to the gray hair that Proverbs says the gray hair is a sign of wisdom. That's not this, okay? All right. This is this is spiritual maturity. That means what I mean by spiritual maturity is that if you got saved at seven and now you're 27, that means you've been saved for 20 years. 20 years, when someone has lived 20 years in front of us, there's a difference. Because a seven-year-old wants wants chicken fingers and he wants you to cut them up sometimes. But a 27-year-old wants a ribeye, and they'll cut it up themselves. That makes sense? So there's a food change there. There should be spiritual change there. Because if you've got a tree, even in the panhandle that's 20 years old, it's at least grown six foot tall. Okay? We don't grow fast out here. All right? But we, we grow. It's not East Texas. You grow a tree 20 years in East Texas, it's 75 feet tall. But, but if it rains like this, we're going to catch them. All right? But, but it's gonna, you're going to grow. What I'm saying is... Maturity spiritually is where I was when I started, where I am now. You've got to see it different. There's got to be a maturity in you there. Okay? Now, becoming mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Okay? Now, once you pick up 14, then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and the cunning and craftiness of men and their deceitful schemes. Instead, speaking truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head that is Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Now, we're going to watch a clip in just a little bit, and I want to preface this clip. I, as your pastor, am not making fun of another body of Christ. This is not what this is about, okay? But what I want to show this for you is because when you read this right here, and it looks at the, the cunning of men and the schemes of men and, and, and waves tossed to and fro, and right before that, he talks about being mature, I want you to know something, that there is a pervasive little gesturing of Jesus and the church and all this stuff that's out there in the world that is funneling itself like a snake, like a serpent, into the body of Christ. And I want you to know something. You as the people of God, you better 
you better get in this dude. Because you're going to get your chili smoked if you don't. Because you can sit in a, quote, church and hear stuff that does not line up with this. I'm, I'm, I'm saying this to you because I love you. All right? When I stand up here before you, I take that woo, very seriously. And I'm not, as Paul says, preach a gospel other than the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm-mm. Because if you can't preach this gospel in Texas, I mean, you ought to be able to preach this gospel in Texas, and you ought to be able to preach it in Africa. You ought to be able to preach it in Zimbabwe. You ought to be able to preach it in Mexico because it's the same gospel. And when you start trying to proof text a gospel and change it up and make it fit your little environment, your little church, and your little clientele, and your little uh, financial situation at your church, ooh, don't, mm-mm. That, that, man, I, I don't want those tennis shoes. All right? So you're going to see a little clip. And this happened in, quote, church, in Texas, in the Bible Belt. And I don't only want you to listen to what this person said, but I want you to listen to the gallery of this church that applauds these statements. That's all I'm going to say. Go ahead. So I just want to encourage every one of us to realize when we obey God, we're not doing it for God. I mean, that's one way to look at it. We're doing it for ourselves. Because God takes pleasure when we're happy. That's the thing that gives Him the greatest joy this morning. So I want you to know this morning, just do good for your own self. Do good because God wants you to be happy. When you come to church, when you worship Him, you're not doing it for God, really. You're doing it for yourself because that's what makes God happy. Amen. Let's open our heart to Him today. Father. Do I need to say anything? Seriously, do I even need to stand back up? If, if, if you're like me, I'm like, what? <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, what in the world? Are you kidding me? Make God happy. Worship for yourself. Do it for yourself. He wants us to be happy. Oh, my gosh. Paul writes most of the gospel in prison. Do I need to say anything else on that? They ain't, they ain't having Merry Christmas and the Tooth Fairy in prison very often. I mean, I mean, cakes, balloons, none of that stuff. Man, just, just for imagine, you've seen the stuff Hamas is doing to believers. They're in a ditch, bags over there, got a sack over their head, and they line them up and they gun them down. And you tell me, you're going to say that to them? Hmm? I mean, one picture, they're about to shoot, and they got their hands up. Not surrendering to those guys, but surrendering to the king. They're mortars, man. What is my life but nothing? That I die, that Christ lives in me. And the life I live now, I live by faith in the Son of God. Woo! That is not prosperity gospel sugarcoating your Jaguar parked out there. Amen? In your 5,200-square-foot home, and the power goes out, you call the electric company, and you're cussing them out because you've been without cable for 15 minutes. Well, bless your heart. That's 15 minutes you could have been in the Word. Amen? Sometimes God slams on the break in life, so you get in the Bible. 
all right? What do you think snowstorms are for? Ask Dopper Dave. That's to shut you down, to keep you at home, build a fire, get the word, have some coffee, all right? That's what that is. Some of y'all are like, no, I got to go shovel, all right? Talk to your wife. She'll let you off the hook for about 15 minutes, all right? But, but I'm telling you, that stuff is perverting, man. It's, it's, all, it's, it's all in the church. It, that sucker is getting in there, and it's telling you that it's all about you, worship for you, God's going to make you happy, la, la, No. No, it's not what he promised. God says, I'm about your character, not your happiness. But in Christ, I'll give you joy. So when you walk through storms of life, man, it's not happy times, but, it's, but, but the joy of the Lord will see you through it. And then you'll look back and see what I brought you through. Man, if it's always happy, do we really need God? No. If it's always 5,200 square foot, air conditioning always working, dish always working, cable always working, my, my, tire, my tires never have flats. I mean, I get gas miles like 60 miles a, a gallon. I mean, what, do you need God? No, because you think you did it all. But this stuff is getting in there, man. And so I want you to know the word. you got to know the word. Let's go uh, look at verse uh, hmm. Let's go 17. 17, keep going through the scripture. Sorry about the, the, the picture on that, too. we got bulbs going out. That's just part of projectors, and we got to get that fixed. All right, uh, Verse 17, so I tell you this, and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as Gentiles do in the fertility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over the sensuality so that indulge in every kind of impurity and with continual lust for more. All right? Now watch this. You. Now the you in there is the born-again child of the king. Okay? That means there's a time in your life that you've been saved, born again. This is you. This is the you of you. You, however, did not come to know Christ that way. Surely you heard him and were taught in him according to the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught in regard to your former way of life to put off your old self. Put off your old self. Okay? Which is being what? Corrupted by the deceitful desires to be made new in the attitude of your minds. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit. And to be put and to put on the new self. To put on the new self. I want you to go back to 2 Corinthians. Go to 2 Corinthians, just a couple of pages to your left. Well, there may be a little more than a couple. All right. But go to your left. 2 Corinthians, let's go to 5 first. 2 Corinthians 5.17. I kind of referenced this a while ago. 5.17. Therefore, and anytime you see therefore in the Bible, you want to say, what's that therefore? Therefore. All right. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, you got to pick up that stuff. He keeps saying the same thing. It's kind of like he doesn't think we're going to get it. In him, into him, in Christ. You see what he's talking about? In, 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 in. There's a reason he's saying it, okay? In Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. Now go back one page, 2 Corinthians 3. Look at 18. 3.18. And we, who are with unveiled faces, all reflect the Lord's glory, 
are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Now, let me unpack this a little bit for you. When a person gives their life to Christ, they are born again. They are saved. They are bought by the blood of the Lamb. They, 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 because of the blood that Jesus bore on the cross, that blood forgives us and cleanses us from sin and righteousness and and makes us new. And when we baptize people, when I baptize people, the water that we baptize in is symbolism, okay? It is a water that is supposed to symbolize like a bath. Now, if you have children and you gave them soap and you said, I have drawn a bath for you, that's water, this is soap, You're to go into the bathroom and get your body undressed and get into the water, get it wet, apply soap, which when rubbed with water makes foam. Foam, which takes dirt off, will make you clean, all right? Just going into the bathroom is not a bath. Just giving your kid a bar of soap does not produce cleansliness, all right? Just making water doesn't, because some of y'all like kids come out of the bath. You have a bath? That was a very fast bath you took. Yeah, I'm good. You don't smell like you use soap. Oh, I use soap. You don't smell like you use soap. You used water, but you didn't use soap. So what the symbolism is, is the symbolism of baptism is that we go in, we're out of the water, we're old cell, dirty. We go into the water, we take a bath, we come up and we're clean. Okay? Now we know that that doesn't happen in the baptism itself because that doesn't do it. What does it is Jesus' death on the cross for us when we acknowledge that he died for us and he bled for us and that that through Jesus' death on the cross, we accept him as our Savior and he comes and lives inside of us through his Holy Spirit. That right there, that salvation right there is, is believing that Jesus has cleansed you and saved you and made you new again. Baptism, the first step of obedience, is symbolism to what has already happened. It's an outward expression of an inward change, okay? So when someone is baptized, we all we're doing is doing Scripture, okay? The old goes in, the new comes up, okay? So when the old goes in, that means all the old stuff should what? Come off, dirt, okay? The dirt that your son had on him and all the frogs, he had to go in the water with soap, Soap representing what? The blood of Christ. He cleanses us. That, that's all symbolism. He comes up. He's a new creation. I will say you're buried in Christ in baptism and raised to walk in a new life. Now, why do you say that, preacher? Because you don't have anything else to say right there? You can't say Dallas Cowboys after baptism? No, I can't say Dallas Cowboys after baptism. It doesn't fit, okay? They need a bath. But, but the bottom line is, sorry, the owner needs the bath. But I, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I am not a sports announcer. All right, so here's the deal. The reason you say that is because it lines up with Scripture. You don't say stuff that Jesus said do as a command baptism and not tag Scripture with it. What it is is that when you're sitting in the audience and you're watching baptism, what you're seeing is a visual, a symbolism of a person who has been saved, washed with the blood of Jesus, and is cleansed and walks in a new life. Now, here's a struggle that we're having in church. We watch salvation happen, we watch baptism happen, and then we watch the life thereafter. And you're thinking what I'm thinking right now. I thought he saved. 
I thought they got saved. They did. I, I, I saw I saw them. I, I, I saw the baptism. I wasn't there when they got saved, but I saw them. I saw them get baptized. And, and I know that baptism follows salvation. And I know that when Jeff baptized them, he said they're raised to walk in new life. They still look like they did before. They're still talking like they did before, thinking like they did before, reacting like they did before. Now, I know, listen to me, I understand it's not a flip the switch deal. I know that. I understand that. Because it, 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 it's a journey. It, it is a process. It is growing in the knowledge of Christ. But my friends, here's what I do know. That blind guy didn't bump into trees for about four years before he saw him. After Jesus restored his sight. He said he was once blind, but now he sees. Now he sees. We need to go to Romans real quick. Romans chapter 12. Remember, I'm just setting you up is all I'm doing. You're like, he didn't finish this. No, you don't finish a setup. It finishes it later, okay? Romans 12. And again, there's that therefore. You're like, does Paul have any other words? I don't know. When you're in prison, I guess you just write therefore a lot. I don't know. He's there for a long time, so... You know, I don't, I don't know. So we'll figure, I, don't, I need to ask a seminary professor sometimes, is that just Paul feeling like I'm just going to be there for a long time, therefore? I don't know. But, sorry, that's free. That, you didn't, that, that didn't even, that's free today, okay? Uh, my wife's thinking, boy, lunch is going to be fun today. Right, um, Romans 12, okay? Therefore, I urge you, uh, it, it all sounds so much the same. Brothers, in the view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Just listen to the way he starts that. If you'll flip back to Ephesians 4 and begin reading at the beginning of Ephesians 4, it almost mirrors the way he starts Romans 12. Almost mirrors it, okay? As a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Oop. We worship for whom? You. Remember what she taught you? It's all, see, y'all got confused because the word says, no, oh, sorry. All right. So pleasing to God, this is your spiritual act of worship. So worship has nothing to do with you, according to Scripture, amen. doesn't have anything to do with you. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. Watch this. We just looked at this in 2 Corinthians 3.18. But be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Then you will be able to test and approve what is God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Folks, you're seeing the pattern, I know. Paul constantly is trying to tell you that when you get saved, when you're born again, when Jesus lives inside of you, that you are a new creation. You're being transformed daily. You're being transformed by the renewing of your minds. What are you renewing your minds on? That's a very good question, church. Because as a new believer, Paul says that your spiritual act of worship is the renewing of your minds on the Word. Because you won't do out what you haven't put in. Does that make sense? I cannot walk in this if I don't first 
take this in. Because you just can't do it. You can't do it. Now, unfortunately, there are people that believe that if I get saved and baptized, that's, I'm done. Fire insurance, I am good to go. I am just going to go live. I'm going to heaven. Dude, no, that is not the gospel. No. You're not saved by good works. You're saved unto good works. That means when you're born again, child of the king, nothing but, as Romans says, nothing you do, you want to do nothing but what pleases God. We're going to study over the next 10, 11 weeks in this series what we should be living in, what we should be putting on, and what we should be taking off and not living in. Because I think... I think the church is a little confused. I mean, can you not help but be a little confused? Can I tell you how many people are in that audience? That church meets in Houston, Texas in the summit. The summit is where the Houston Cougars, five Sam Jamma, used to play. Some of y'all are like, huh? Right? You got to be old to get that, okay? You know, Elijah Wan, you know those guys? Clyde Drexler, remember him? I mean, he's sliding through the air, boy. I think he first taught Michael Jordan how to fly through there, right? But that, is, that, he, that, that church bought that building. There's probably 20,000 people or more in the audience at that moment. 20,000 people should have rushed the stage. You know, it's not about us. Worship is about the king. We, we see the scripture in Christ, all this stuff. This weekend... Our guys were in every, every one of the things that was talked about one night is that we must agree with God and God's word. If this is who God says we are, why not agree with it and live it? Because if you if if you say, Oh, this is who we are, and you're like a good little Bible belt mannered Christian, you say, Yes, sir, God, and that's it, you're not gonna live it. Because too many times, if you've got children, children kind of understand sometimes what the answer mom and dad wants. Y'all know where I'm going? So you say something to them, and it's like they're pre-programmed little robots in the Bible Belt in a good little Southern Baptist boys and girls, and they say, yes, sir, yes, ma'am, and they have no intentions whatsoever to doing that. None. None. But they know the answer you're looking for. And they're going to give it to you. And if you, if you enjoy smoked chili, you're going to walk away and go, I have the best little angels. They fell from heaven. I'm such a great mom. And then you get that call. No, my, no, my daughter would not do She is in church Sunday. She sat up there. She had a hand up. She was worshiping. She would not do that. We ought to go to lunch. Because I worked with students for 18 years. And I've worked with adults for a long time, too. People tell you what they want to, they know you want to hear sometimes. And their heart's so far away from that. Jesus said, they worship me with their lips, but their heart's far from me. What I'm saying is, <laughs> we got to do more than just read it and say, that's pretty good. we got to agree with it and put it in us and walk in it. And when we do that, my friends, we walk out there in that mission field, and I'm going to tell you what's going to happen to you. People are going to look at you and go, that dude, he's my age. He's got a wife. He's got kids. 
But man, he don't look like me. His face doesn't look like me. He doesn't act like me. He doesn't think like me. What's up with him? And they're going to come over there and say, hey, man, you and I, we're a lot alike. But you got something I don't got. You got time to tell me what that is? You say, "Mm mm-hmm, because I'm always going to be ready in and out of season to tell you the hope that lives inside of me. I'll tell you what's different about me. It's a simple little word called Jesus. Just called Jesus. And when you meet the real Jesus and you put him in and you walk in him, you walk different, act different, speak different, chew different, dress different. But if all you did was play church, when you walk out there, you're going to confuse people. You're going to frustrate people. You're going to make them hate church. You're going to make them not believe God's who he says he is. And you're going to make Jesus of the gospel look like Sesame Street, man. And they're going to laugh at you. They're going to laugh at you. They're going to laugh at you. They're going to laugh at Christ. So today, as we start to jump into this, I simply want you to look at your life. And I want you to do the math. I'm not going to do it for you because I don't know. I know my math. I want you to say, I was this old when I got saved. And I'm this old now. And what does that look like? What's my spiritual maturity look like? Has my thinking changed? Has my talking changed? Has the places I go changed? How the way I handle things changed? Is my patience better? Is my kindness better? All the stuff, man. Is that all better? Because I'm walking in Christ. If it's not, there's two questions for you. Number one, are you that way because you haven't surrendered Okay, or are you that way because you've never been saved? That's the only two. Because, see, if you don't surrender, you call the shots. You live however you want to. All right, you say you're saved, but there's no fruit in that. My question is, is there anything to surrender? Have, I know you say I've rededicated, recommitted. That's fine, but did you have anything to recommit and rededicate? You can't rededicate something that you never had. I can't renew vows to my wife if I never took them first. You see what I mean? So if you're born again saved, there ought to be a difference in your life. And if there's not, there's just the fact that you're still on the throne calling your own shots because you haven't surrendered. Or two, you never met the man who changed the blind man and now causes him to see. What, what, what's different about you when you look? We're going to move to a time of invitation. I'm going to ask Joel and the guys to come back up. But I want you to do the math. I was this old when I got saved. I'm this old now. What's that look like? What's that look like? You, you can say, I know I'm saved. It doesn't always look good, Jeff, but I'm saved. And right here is where you're at. And you can say, I'm good. Well, I, I need to work on some things. If that's true, understand something. The next 10, 11 weeks, you're going to really love. Because I'm going to teach you, according to Scripture, how to take off some stuff that's really just dragging you down. And I'm going to show you how to put on some new threads that are going to make you look good, feel good about yourself, and walk right. Okay? Because I'm convinced that the body of Christ sometimes is burdened by a bunch of yoke that Jesus never wanted you to carry. Never. And that's why joy has such a tough time getting up to the top. Okay? It's like this. If you're saved, somebody needs to tell your face you're saved. You seen those people? 
I'm saved. You look like a toad on a log, dude. Smile. All right? Tomb's empty. Quit. All right? So, so I want you to look at that, the age, and I want you to wrestle with that a little bit. And you may want to need to come to the altar and just nail it down. Say, God, I know I'm born again, child of the king. I know when I got saved. And I know I haven't always reflected you. And I know that you're working on me. But from this day on, man, I'm telling you, I'm about, to, I'm about to get serious about my walk with Christ. I've not been real serious. I've just kind of been adding on to my life. But I'm about to make you number one. I'm about to make you first, man. And I'm, I want to become what you want me to be. Not what, what the, not what church tells me, but what the Bible tells me I want to be. I want to agree with you and who I am. And I'm going to walk in that. I want to pray for you. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. God, it's a beautiful word, and it's so beautiful because it, 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 it says some of the same things in different ways and different passages and because, because he knows that, that man sometimes won't remember it, won't get it. And so he crafts it in a way that's so simple for us. And God, today, that was so simple today. We understand the transforming, the renewing of our minds. We understand that there's a put-off, put-ons deal. God, we, for many of us, we are born again. But sometimes we don't always reflect that. God, I pray that you help us know what needs to come off and what needs to go on. Father, if there's somebody in the sound of my voice this morning, boy, girl, old, young, doesn't matter, that says, Jeff, love worship, I love church. I, I really love the Lord, and I want to please Him, but I'm struggling, man. I can't get any traction in my life. I can't. It's like I'm spinning in a muddy, I'm spinning ball tires in a muddy road. I'm putting forth a lot of effort, but I'm not getting anywhere. God, I pray they give up today and quit trying and die. And die to self and die at the foot of the cross. And Jesus will raise them up new. And they'll walk, man, in power. So God, if there's a man, a woman, boy, girl in this room, I pray they don't walk out of these doors the same way they walked in. Because it's just another week of spinning in the mud on bald tires. So God, I pray they come this morning in the safety of your house. Father, I pray you lead people, move them during this invitation time. If there's a family or families that are looking for a church home, and it's a great church home, I, I pray they come here, Father. So God, you move us now. You help us to be obedient. On the other side of obedience is always a blessing. In Christ's name, amen. Church, I'm asking you to stand. You be obedient. You be blessed. You come if God leads.